Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Merry Christmas, everyone. My name is Tegan. This is Paul. Hello. And Paul. Yes. There is always one thing. Every time we go to visit my parents that I ask you not to talk about, and what is that one thing? Uh, the overthrowing of the proletariat. <laughs> no. What is it? What is it? It's politics. Oh. I always tell you not to rile up my dad, mm-hmm. not to talk about the fact that you're a big greeny lefty. Yep. Just leave it at the front door. Because you know what? Politics and family very rarely mix, but now more than ever... Things are a little bit tense. Yeah, so Christmas is a bit of a hotbed for those fights. That I mean, let's face it, people are going to get into some pretty serious political stouches over Christmas. It's you almost get, unavoidable this it, year. It's going to happen. So the best way to deal with it is to hear from an expert. And when we say expert, boy, do we mean it. Today's guest is a podcaster, influencer, television personality, former political staffer and current communications consultant. Yes, we are talking about Alicia Aitken-Radburn, known for her fan favourite appearances on The Bachelor and The Bachelor in Paradise, and most recently, her chart-topping podcasts In the House and in the Senate and Cocktails and Roses with Osha Gunsberg. Alicia is a breath of fresh air on the Australian media landscape. With an in-depth understanding of Australian politics, there is literally no one better to teach us how to keep the peace this Christmas, no matter what your drunken Aunt Margie says. Please welcome Alicia Aitken-Radburn. Alicia, welcome to Dish Island. We're so happy to have you. And look, a little bit of stuff between you and I. Since Luke McGregor, who turns out is not a foodie, was on our island, I like to check in advance if people like food. But with you, I don't even need to ask. It is so clear. It's one of the first things I learned about you is that you love food. I love food, but I wouldn't call... I I would call myself a foodie, but I guess I'm not very... I'm still learning That's how I would put it. I am very enthusiastic, both at the eating and the cooking, and particularly my cooking is not great, but I will give anything a go. I think that that is the right attitude. And if MasterChef has taught me anything this year, it's how terrible I am in the kitchen as well. (laughs) I literally, I went, I did this thing through MasterChef this year where I committed myself to trying to cook three MasterChef recipes. And we got like halfway through the season and I'm looking online at like, you know, they put all the recipes up on template or wherever they go. And I was reading some of these recipes and I was like, this, no, how, I don't, I don't own half of these implements, all these ingredients. (laughs) I ended up having to, I basically put a call out out being like, guys, I need some more basic recipes. (laughs) And I end up with like Julie Goodwin's, um, best toasty in the world. No. <laughs> I'm just making like a slightly elevated cheese toasty. Split the diff, guys. Split the difference a little yeah. bit. So yeah. if you've been kind of upping your game in the kitchen or, you know, like valiantly trying to, are you going to carry that 
you know, adventuring spirit across to Christmas. Do you have plans for your Christmas meal yet or are you just going to order in? Oh gosh, so I'm this is probably one of the first Christmases where uh, our family has just sort of scrambled. My family are, are over east, so mm. they can't get over here to WA mm. where I am. Um, and my partner's family, uh, he has a sister in Sydney, so they're going the other way and they're trekking all across the country because they can get out, but they can't get back in. So basically we have no family left. And no. so my partner and I are going to try a new tradition just for the day and we're going to go down to one of Perth's beautiful beaches and grab, you know, parcels of prawns, oysters, <gasps> fish, and we're just going to sit on the beach and eat a whole lot of seafood. So it's not going to be cooked by me, but I've had a few different points in the year where I've bit managed to practice some Christmas cooking. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy this. My group of friends and I play a – do you guys know what Come Dine With Me is? Yes, Come Dine With Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. reality TV show, couples. So basically through the year we've got four couples in our friendship group mm-hmm. and we take turns in hosting a three-course dinner party for each other. Has to be a theme, has to be all sort of connected and then we rate each other and we're, you know, filming this. We've like set up a little interview booth with a, my, my trust ring light and and so I've practiced some sort of Christmas adjacent recipes and we're actually having the finale where everyone's gathering at our house in two weeks because I'm editing up all of these little mini episodes so we can watch each other and we just we think it's going to be the end of a lot of friendships well I was going to say diplomacy is a big thing at Christmas right so you've got to kind of really walk that line between being candid and dealing with people's weird behavior and the one drunken auntie but if it's just you and friends have you managed to or do you think you've managed to kind of cut out that sort of family drama or does family drama happen regardless of whether it's blood relatives or not it is absolutely going to happen and <laughs> l- let me just tell you when we're recording these reviews at the end of the night everyone's had everyone's well toasted so no one's min- <laughs> and I think that that's what happens at Christmas too right everyone's had everyone's woken up and the first thing that they've done I know in my family I go grab a drunken mm. strawberry champagne with strawberries in the yep. bottom you let the strawberries sit there basically all day while you go through four glasses of champagne so everyone from like 8am if you've got kids in the family who are already up and you're having to like entertain them with a stocking. Everyone is drinking from so early so I think alcohol definitely plays a part but I, the other thing that I would say regarding the diplomacy is mm. Christmas is one of the few times in the year and I would liken it you guys might know that I was on Bachelor in Paradise. Um, yeah. I liken it to Bachelor in Paradise in the sense that On Bachelor in Paradise, it's very hard to avoid the conflict because you're literally on an island and you're not going anywhere. (laughs) So, like, you can remove yourself from the situation and go to your bourree, as we call them in Fiji. Uh. Uh, But, you know, there's cameras outside your room and you're going to have to go deal with that conflict at some point. And I just don't think that that's that different to Christmas. Everyone, for one of the few times of the year is stuck in the same place. So when your aunt gets drunk on drunken strawberries and starts bringing up that she doesn't believe in vaccinations, unfortunately, (laughs) 
everyone has to do with that head on. That is just such a amazing and really depressing. really depressing and accurate <laughs> comparison, I think. But you'd probably, I mean, you are the person to ask about this because, of course, you're a former political staffer, you're a current communications consultant. I, I'm just curious, do you feel that this year, more than other years, we're heading into Christmas with more divisions? I mean, of course, as you said, there's vaccines, there's protesters, there's, there's the fact that Brooke chose David, which is just so oh. contentious. <laughs> And am, am I right? Because you know the political landscape. It is heightened at the moment, isn't it? it, it it's definitely heightened. And I think that the difficulty is, is that everyone comes at politics and they say don't discuss politics at the dinner table. Everyone comes at mm. it from a different level of understanding, a different lived experience and a different perspective. And I think probably, you know, for those amongst us who consider themselves, you know, quite progressive on the pulse, people who think they're probably on the right side of a lot of stuff. I think that importantly at Christmas, when you're, when you're conversing with people who, I think it's important to remember and keep within your heart that the people that you're talking with, you know, may have a different lived experience perspective to you. Doesn't mean it's right. But I think that that's helpful in, you know, I'm a person that gets quite emotional. If someone sort of says something to me, you know, particularly, you know, racist uncle Larry or whatever, I just feel, and people will relate to this, just everything boils up into my heart until I'm just that emotional that Mm. I actually can't articulate myself properly and I'm so glad that's not just me. Oh, it's and it's an awful feeling. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. And I think, I think in that moment, when you're feeling emotional and when you're, you're in that conflict state, I think the best thing to do to comfort yourself is to give you yourself that message of, hey, this person is from a completely different context. It doesn't excuse their actions, but maybe it will avoid, like, a literal (laughs) Barney at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's acceptable with a couple of strawberries in you to try and use that window to convert this person to your cause? Absolutely not. Okay. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I think, Paul, there's a time and a place, and I just don't know if Christmas lunch is that time or that place. Yeah, because, I mean, let's say you've got someone across from you at the table, you haven't seen them in a while, you don't like them, but you have to be there with them, and they mention that they think the earth is flat, and you're quite (laughs) drunk. I mean, are you saying that you should just refrain and go, look, this this is like Switzerland, it needs to stay neutral, right? You know, every Everyone will have a different approach, but I know the sort of person I am. Mm. And, you know, potentially this is not, I I really rate and respect people who can just go in there and, you know, tell them that the earth is round and it gets all heightened, but I'm not that person. I, I would prefer to nod through a whole Christmas lunch and 
I guess I think with my activism and making change in the world, I just think that change is incremental. And so, you know, I also Mm. host a political podcast called In the House and in the Senate. And a lot of why I've done that podcast, and, you know, it's a tiny little blip in the world's media, in Australia's media. But I think that if someone can listen to my podcast, which is basically interviews with female parliamentarians that really gets to the core of who they are as people and why they make Mm. the decisions that they make and why they went into politics. Because I think some people, you know, me included, sometimes watch politics and you're like, oh, you're all just a bunch of, (laughs) you know. Oh, yeah. Um, People are are really disillusioned. And I think that by returning to what people's foundational sort of story is, can help us understand them more as people. And I've had liberal MPs who, you know, that's not my political persuasion, but I've spoken to liberal MPs and we've gone through their story. And, you know, I might not agree with, we might actually agree on the end. We might agree that, you know, we want to see more people in employment or whatever the issue is, but the means to get there is different. Mm. And so, that that end is not always going to be the same but I guess what yeah. I'm trying to say is just pull it back from politics and maybe go back to you know us as people and what's shaped us as people and maybe we could turn Christmas into a positive experience rather than <laughs> well I agree with all of that the only thing I don't agree with what you said is that your podcast in the house and in the senate is a blip it is not it is absolutely amazing and I think it is it is so wonderful that you put this podcast out and I think you're changing a lot of minds and influencing a lot of people out there. So that's just that's me for a second just going, thank, thank you. you for making that podcast. But one of the other things that you mentioned is, I mean, think, finding things that kind of bind people together, things that people have in common rather than, you know, politics. Yes. And one thing I would say everyone has in common is food. Oh. Unless you're Luke McGregor. Unless you're Luke McGregor, in which case <laughs> you're an android who likes nutrient paste. But Alicia, one of the things we love doing on this show is finding out what, well, this is the 12 days of Dishmas, and one of your jobs as a guest is yes. to tell us if you could only bring one Christmas dish with you to this island, what is that dish and why? Oh, gosh. Okay. So I do have a dish, but now I I feel like I'm actually... I feel like the other attendees of the Island Christmas are going to be very upset with me because while I I enjoy it for its nostalgia, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. it's a particularly it's it's a very Christmas dish. I'm bringing a trifle. I'm bringing a classic oh, this is Christmas good. trifle. Excellent. All right. This is a good one because now we need to go into the layers. When do you have a trifle other than Christmas? Exactly. So, okay. So tell me what, what's in there. Are we going, are we going jellies? Are they packet bought? Are you making them from scratch? What are the, what are the mousses? Go through it all for me. Okay. So I actually, going back to come dine with me, this was our dessert that we presented, (laughs) me and my partner. And a reason why I chose the trifle is because it's very accessible. I, I've I've already foreshadowed that I'm not much of a cook, but <laughs> the the base level of a trifle is literally, and I'm I'm not gonna. You could be one of those people who makes them by scratch, not me. Uh, mm. You can literally just go buy sponge rolls from Woolies, and then you cut them up, and they're already beautiful in their concentric circles, and layer that up, and then we've got c- cranberry juice. 
And uh, uh, you guys are right, jelly. I just do, you know, it's got to be aeroplane jelly, classic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Red, I think, for I like a mixed berry trifle. Yes, nice, um, lovely. What I like about trifles as well, so many iterations. You can do like a pav, a, a pav twist on a trifle. You can do, I've seen like very rich chocolatey trifles. Um, I like a mixed berry. So then we, then we chuck on some aeroplane jelly, raspberry, and then custard. I drown. I drown Ooh. that trifle in custard. Uh, particularly good if you can find brandy custard. And you can also get, I can't remember what liquor it is, cognac, I want to say. Chuck some of that in your trifle. So basically, you're just kicking the party on. There will be no diplomacy after your Christmas trifle. I think that this is so Christmassy because you're right. When else would you have something? It's berries. It's brandy. Yes. It's going to lead to arguments. It is Christmas in a dessert. It's just like a sugary, alcoholy slop because there's no... <laughs> My thing with a trifle is that unlike other desserts, once it leaves the confines of the bowl... It is completely formless. It right? also sometimes makes yeah. that weird fart noise when you suck it out of the bowl. It goes, oh. yeah, that yep. horrible noise. But <laughs> other than that, it's amazing. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it's not. It's not the prettiest thing. But I think that also, this is it, guys. Um, when you present it, so if you buy one of those, like you know, nice little clear trifle, there's particular. Go to David Jones. They'll tell you. Mm. They'll point you in the direction of the trifle containers. But it looks so beautiful and impressive. So, you know, for those amongst us who like to do a bit of a flex on Instagram, your trifle is going to look immaculate and no one will know that once you're spooning them out into the bowls, it's just going to be disgusting slop. A yummy slop. (laughs) Brandy custard covered slop, but slop nonetheless. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a metaphor for what we've been talking about. From the outside, Christmas looks absolutely lovely, but if you dig down <laughs> yes. into the politics of it and get really deep, it's no just going to be a big farty, no. squelchy mess. Yes, absolutely. But I know, you know, that's some, that's for me, that's sort of the beauty of Christmas as well. It mm. is a complete microcosm of society just in one day. And I, I like that it draws people's different crazy out. I think it's beautiful in a way. Yeah. Thank you so much. Your dessert is spectacular. I'll defend the trifle. Thank and you. your advice is also really wonderful. Hopefully everybody can have a really peaceful Christmas this year. And if they're not around family, you know, then in that case, I hope they're sitting on a beach eating seafood because that just sounds delightful too. I'm so excited. And thank you for letting me share my Christmas trifle with you. You know what, Tegan? What? I'm going to bring up politics anyway. Don't do it, please. Please, for my sake, don't bring up politics. No, it's your dad's Christmas present to me, is hearing me talk about global warming. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dish Island. Merry Dishmas, everybody. We hope you're enjoying yourselves. Tomorrow's episode has an amazing guest. You probably know him from Better Homes and Gardens. He's an incredible chef and an incredible human being. And if you are thinking of cooking a turkey this Christmas, this is an episode not to be missed. Seriously, we picked turkey and he made us regret it and then rejoice in the newfound knowledge he'd bestowed upon us. So do not miss tomorrow's episode of the 12 Days of Dishmas. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.